You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosia with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. While you're there, download our free mobile app. We've got a great online community where we get together, we post funny things, we ask questions, we pray for one another, uh, but also you can listen to all of our teachings. There's a digital Bible on there that you can use to follow along with our study. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on those notifications, don't want to see you miss anything, and make sure that you are sharing this study and leaving five-star reviews, that helps us to get in front of more people. So almost didn't get here this morning. Uh, Those who are out there, and I'm not just going to put this in the realm of parents. We all have hectic mornings sometimes, but when you're a parent and you're maybe run a little bit behind and you know, you've got permission slips to sign and homework to help with. And Oh, by the way, I have extra help and all this stuff. Uh, but I'm glad to be with you today. So no matter what, what kind of morning you had so far, I'm excited about taking a, a few minutes and getting into uh, God's word with you. We are in Matthew. Now I'm, we're going to go right to Matthew chapter 15. I know I said that we might hit on the, final few verses of 14, but there's another opportunity later in scripture to kind of hit on the same point. So uh, we will go ahead and do that and move ourselves forward here. We're really getting into Matthew and I'm excited. Uh, The next few days, I am in contact with some awesome teachers uh, that I, I respect very much. And what I would like to do is do an overview of Matthew because we have obviously been going through this gospel with a fine tooth comb. And now that we're a few months in and into chapter 15, uh, I think it would be a good exercise to go back and really break down what we've studied so far as we get into now the second half of uh, the gospel of Matthew. So what did we just come out of? We came out of some pretty remarkable uh, uh, feats from uh, Jesus and even the disciples themselves. Remember yesterday we talked about how Peter walked out on the water. They went out by themselves in the boat. They were in the midst of a storm. Jesus walks out and, and Peter initiates, uh, Lord, since that's you, tell me to come out on the water with you, right? Walking on water is pretty phenomenal. And Peter does. And obviously we looked at what happened when Peter focused more on the waves and the wind than he did Jesus. He began to sink, which again, he called out, said, Lord, save me. Jesus lifts him up and walks with him back to the boat victoriously. So Jesus now, after teaching in the parables, uh, is in full swing. He gets over to the other side and begins to do what he does. We ended with when he got over there, uh, people took notice. They were bringing the sick and he's healing the sick and, 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 you know, doing the miraculous signs that he was doing uh, there in the first century. By the way, miracles still exist today because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we now operate in and fully in his 
new covenant. Amen. So we're going to get into now Matthew chapter 15, starting with verse one, and we see the Pharisees back to their old tricks. Not much changes. Doesn't matter what side of of the Lake of Galilee you're on. When the Pharisees show up on the scene, what are you going to get? You're going to get accusations. You're going to get them trying to trip Jesus up. And that's exactly what continues on here. And we're going to focus on three very important words, uh, words that are uttered in my house pretty regularly. And that is wash your hands. That's that's another thing that uh, us parents have to say constantly. Kid comes out of the bathroom. Did you wash your hands? You were about to eat dinner. Wash your hands. Why? Because that's an important part of personal hygiene. However, those three words, as important as they are, if they are uttered more than three other very important words in the house, there is a problem. And those words are, I love you. If I'm telling my kids to wash their hands more than I'm telling them that I love them, something is off. There's a problem. And I want you to just keep that in the back of your mind as we read this interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees. Okay, so Matthew 15, starting with verse 1. Then some of the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. So understand what's happening here. There were very strict rituals that that the Jewish people would do before they ate. Uh, Ceremonial washing was very common in different circumstances. And it, you know, is, was somewhat of a reflection of cleanliness equates to godliness purity, that type of thing. The problem here is, is that this was a tradition. Notice they said tradition of the elders. This was not anything in God's scripture. So the Pharisees are bent out of shape because they were not, this didn't have anything to do with hygiene. All right. So Jesus wasn't walking around with uh, pig pen from peanuts. Okay. Uh, they, they were not going through the ceremonial washing rituals before they were eating their bread. And we see the Pharisees kind of do this over and over again. You know, why are you picking grain on the Sabbath? Why are you healing on the Sabbath? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And anytime Jesus corrects a rule or a law, you know that it was more man-made than anything else. And the Pharisees over the years and, and the religious leaders took you know, from the Ten Commandments, and there were hundreds and hundreds of of different rules and regulations. And the crazy thing was, was that these religious leaders would actually exclude people because of these man-made rules. And this is something that even in the church today, uh, that we seem to get in trouble with. When I, whenever I ask somebody that's an atheist or agnostic why they don't go to church. I often hear, well, the church is full of hypocrites, right? You hear that term hypocrite all the time. Now, you can look at any segment of the population and find hypocrisy, okay? Hypocrisy is not relegated solely to religious people, right? What is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is when you say one thing and you do another. When you claim to believe one thing, yet you do another. And God despises, uh, it says, despises uh, unbalanced weights and measures, right? We do this a lot with the people that we like. We let the people that we like slide, 
and we let the people that we don't like, we we wait with bated breath to go ahead and cancel them for doing something, right? And this goes all the way around. So it does it happen in the church? Yes. Is it extremely detrimental when it happens in the church? Yes. Why? Because we are not representatives of the world system. We're representatives of the most high God. So yes, but I would say hypocrisy in anything else. You want to talk about hypocrisy. You want to talk about racism. You want to talk about sexism. You want to talk about any ism that you can imagine. It is a broken human condition, right? Even down to ruling with authority and, 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 um, and, uh, basically abusing power, right? We see the elites of the world abusing power all the time, but we also have seen in history what happens when the church is uh, responsible for government, right? Broken human condition happens. And if we can begin to separate segments of people, instead of blaming segments of people for certain behaviors, we can look and see that there are certain behaviors that are indicative of the broken human condition. I hope that makes sense. A little bit of a detour from what I'm you know, going at here, but we're definitely seeing the broken human condition of hypocrisy in the first century here through the Pharisees. So they say to Jesus, why don't you wash your hands? So Jesus, I love the way he answers them here. He answered them. He says, why do you transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your mother and father. And he who speaks evil of, or, uh, of father or mother is to be put to death. This was, right, part of the law. Honor your mother and your father. Yet, he says, Verse six, but you say, whoever says this says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this, you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. So what is Jesus talking about here? Well, the religious leaders of that time We're trying to be fancy and tricky, right? One of the things that it was the responsibility of children to do was to honor their mother and father and to care for their mother and father. This was a commandment of God. But what these folks would do was they would take their wealth and their riches and they would say it is a gift from God and also it is a dedication to God, which is extremely convenient because they could go ahead then and keep their... (laughs) riches. And because it was for God and because it was a gift from God, it's not really mine, but I'm going to hold on to it anyway. Very convenient. They got to keep it and they didn't have to share it. So they were doing that during this time and Jesus calls them right out on it. And notice what he says here. This is really what I want to highlight big time today. It says, and by this, you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Some of the translations also say that the traditions of men cancel the word of God. Now understand, God's word can't be canceled. Truth, no matter how much you want to suppress it, cannot be canceled. But when we adhere to our own traditions, religious, or I would also say non-religious, right? Our habits, the things about our life that we don't want to change. What happens is, is we invalidate 
or cancel the effect of God in our life and the effect of God through us in the lives of others. Holler at me if that makes sense. Okay, so you can't cancel the truth of God, but you can through your traditions and your actions and and not wanting to pursue the will of God, cancel the impact of that truth in your life. And what does the Bible say about the truth? The truth will set you free. So if you are in bondage in areas of your life, there's a good chance that something not necessarily someone. We always want to blame the external, right? But really what we need to do is look internally. What is holding us back? Most of the time, it's us taking a stand in an area on a habit, on a tradition, on a thing that we allowed to stay in our life that becomes a barrier to us bearing fruit in our life. So Jesus continues to hammer them here. And he says, He says, you hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men, right? That's exactly what they were doing. They were saying that these traditions trump the goodness of God. And Jesus calls this out, right, a couple chapters ago where he says, how many of you, after he, after they say, how could you do this on the Sabbath, Jesus? And he says, how many of you wouldn't pull your livestock out of a hole on the Sabbath? And they all just looked at each other. Duh. Of course you would. And this is the problem with hypocrisy. It's what's good for me is not good for you. And we can't live that way. We lose all credibility when that happens. And then Jesus goes into, and he points out to the, what the what Isaiah said and prophesied over what, what the people would be in a broken human condition, right? To honor God with your lips, but your heart is far from. And so often we put on this mask of righteousness, And we want to portray ourselves as this holy and perfect person. But our heart is far from God. And we can go back a couple chapters as well when the Pharisees would do this, right? They would stand on the street corners and they would pray out loud or they would fast and they would make their face solemn or they would put ashes on their face. And they were doing it so other people would look at them and say, wow, that dude is holy. Look at that guy. And Jesus said, you can do that, but your reward ends at the admiration of others. And the admiration of others can only take you so far. What we really should be pursuing is what God wants for our lives. And Jesus continues. Again, verse 9 says, in vain they worship me, teaching doctrines as as, uh, as doctrines, the precepts of men. In verse 10, this is where we're going to end here. It says, after, G- after Jesus called the crowd to him, so then he pulls the multitudes to him and he begins to teach them again. He says, hear and understand. It's not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that defiles the man. 
And we're going to get into this more tomorrow because the disciples go and ask Jesus, what does this mean? Uh, a, a little bit of a precursor. It's really not a matter of how you clean your hands, right? What, what, what is the fruit that God wants you to bear in your life? Is it to have clean hands? Is it to have titles and certificates? Is it to have people to think you're so stinking holy? It's not even to have gifts like prophecy, wisdom, and knowledge, right? All of these things without love are nothing. I want to read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, probably about four, uh, I would say, 25, 30 years later from what we're reading right now in Matthew. This is Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Think about that for a second. You could speak in tongues. You can say beautiful, whimsical things. I could preach a sermon on Sunday that knocks your socks off. But if I don't have love, I'm just noise. That's what these Pharisees were. They were noise. Just a bunch of religious noise. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, right? Jesus is, uh, Paul, Jesus through Paul is really laying this out. So as to remove mountains, right? Faith to move a mountain, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing. You get this as we, as we wrap up today, right? Clean hands, titles, gifts. It's not the fruit with, that God wants in your life. They will happen. And you can have all those things, and that's great. But if you don't have the fruit of love in your life, joy, peace, patience, goodness. What does it say later in Corinthians, right? That part of love is being able to forgive and not keep records of wrongs. It's wanting to do good, striving for goodness, not taking delight in evil things. If we don't have love, we don't have anything. And that's why I started it off with in my house. If I say, tell my kids to wash their hands more than I'm telling them, I love you. Then there's a problem. We have to be careful that we're not so rigid in our religious principles and traditions that we nullify the word and the power of God in our life. And again, when I point to religious traditions, I don't just relegate that to things of faith and church. I'm talking about what habits, what things do you allow to stay continuous in your life that are cycles, that are blocking the power of God from really manifesting in your life. I can't answer that for you, but I pray that you meditate on those things. And I just close it with this. You may look at your life and you may say, wow, this is a mess. But here's the cool thing. God is love. God is a redeemer. Jesus is the redeemer. And there's nothing that is in your life, no matter if you've built up all these 
walls and strongholds that God can't come in and help you to clean up. But you got to be willing to do it. And it's going to take you being willing to bear fruit in your life, fruit of love, fruit of joy, patience, forgiveness, to do for others even more, right? It says, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. I, I like to make the contrast. It doesn't say do unto others like they do unto you. So if you find yourself even in your own homes, in your own relationships, that, you know, there's strife. One of you is going to have to break the cycle and be love in that situation. And watch what happens. And look, even if you do what is right, and more often than not, if you aim to do what is right, amazing things are going to happen in your life. But that's really what Jesus is calling them out on. You can have all the traditions in the world, all the rules and regulations. That means nothing if you don't operate in love. Amen. Well, I love you guys. We are going to pray and get out and do something amazing with the rest of our day. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray that our religious traditions don't circumvent the power in your life. Help us to remain free today. Help us to remain free. And how do we do that is by allowing you to freely work in and through us in our life. That we don't get hung up on rigid rules and traditions, but we seek you and your will in our life today. And Father, help us to take consolation knowing that even in our imperfections and, and the messes that we make in our life, that you are forgiving because you are love. You are the epitome of the agape love that we all strive for. And because of that, we have hope and a future. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together, what, for a little more than 1% of our day today. But we're going to head out to the remaining 99 or 985 and do something amazing for Christ's sake. All right? Love you guys. Have an awesome day.